hello hello welcome to the poe show my name is suzanne you can call me zan it is also poe tess you can call me poe all right uh we have a few comments here from richard forza roma grecian wow evening all karma says hi getting her blood work done good luck be careful make sure reward yourself afterwards did you have to fast for uh since the night before i usually do uh susan says hi everyone and that karma says she would be an aspen tree and a willow being her second favorite nice so if you haven't been able to guess from the timer or from what you see behind me what do you see behind me and what accent is that <laughs> we will be discussing personality tests today no fasting oh you're lucky they always want me to fast the whole blood sugar thing i'm probably syndrome x which is pre-diabetes my father has diabetes uh i believe my wife may as well at least close to it perhaps also syndrome x so personality uh the academics have been questioning it for time immemorial, there are probably studies uh, by the great scholars of Grecian times, uh, early psychology, especially phrenology, looked at where various aspects of our cognitions are involved. I have shown you this before. This is my baby. It is, also makes a great wig stand, but this is phrenology. They believed you could locate what went where. Not much going on on this side. But in terms of personality, that would involve many different areas. Now today, you mentioned personality to someone who likes to surf the web. They might think of mm, what Harry Potter character would you be? If you were a tree, what tree would you be? Uh, different questions like that. I could have gone into it which then could have gone to something a bit more serious, such as astrology. But as soon as I hit on the psychology test, that's where I got the bread and butter. So in terms of actual pseudo, mostly scientific tests, that's what we have today. Let me give you the link for where I got the most informative information, which is redundant. Yeah. Oh, paste. There. Personality tests are often used for individual relationship and career counseling, for work hiring and work evaluations. For those, uh, they especially use the MMPI and MBTI. The MMPI is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory and is primarily used to look into the possibility of a tendency towards particular mental illness. Uh, the MBTI, you may be familiar with, uh, the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Uh, I believe I am an INFJ. But Poe, what on earth are you talking about? Let's get into it. So uh, there's objective and projective. Objective personality tests are self-report. A lot of yes, no questions or um, Reichert scale, I think it was, one through five. Are you more this or less that? 
they are free from the rater bias, so therefore they are more valid. Rater bias would be, hmm, I'm going to interpret what you said, and based upon my experience and my education, I am going to tell you what it means. Uh, but these tests do depend on the honesty and willingness of the participant, uh, the one being questioned, therefore they are less reliable. So we're looking at the validity and the reliability. So we know MBTI, Myers-Briggs, MMPI, Minnesota Multiphasic. There's also an Eisenk personality questionnaire with which I have been unfamiliar until now. Uh, there is also 16 personality factor questionnaire and the NEO personality indicator revised. Now, objective tests are more common than projective tests. When you think of projective, think of Rorschach. Rorschach is an inkblot test in which uh, the tester will drop some ink on a paper and then fold it to create a fairly ambiguous image. Let's see how far I can go. They'd have you look at it and say, what do you see? I am not trained in the interpretation of this, so I cannot give you a response in particular. Plus, I don't want to reveal myself on this one. Let's get into a bit more detail. Butterfly. Less so than some of the others that I've seen. I was especially intrigued by, where's my hand, the white space up here. So I was actually interested in what could be called the negative space. Hmm. Now for Myers-Briggs type indicator, that's the one we've told a few people about, but they tend to forget. Here is the link for you to take a Myers-Briggs type test. But if you were to say butterfly for the Rorschach, that would be a positive thing. Uh, an image of change, positivity, uh, and freedom. So that would be a positive indicator, a link to nature and animals. The Myers-Briggs test is based on Carl Gustav Jung's psychological types. Uh, this was created during World War II with the last names of the creator, Myers and Briggs. This test is used in 89 of the Fortune 100 companies. It measures attitudes, whether one is extrovert or introvert, perceiving information, do you sense it or is it intuition, deciding factors, do you think things through or feel them, lifestyle, do you tend to judge things or simply perceive things. Uh, there are more INTJs that are engineers. But in order to validate this test, there needs to be a double-blind forer test. We will discuss the forer tendencies a little bit later. Now, the con for this test is that it differs per situations because you will not respond or interpret things the same at work as you would with family and friends. And this is a matter of preference, not aptitude. Because you are a particular one doesn't mean that you're good at it, just that you prefer it or you tend to respond that way more often. Next is the Neo-Pi or personality inventory. Uh, let me see something here. Gotcha. Let me give you a link for that. 
I have not taken this one yet. I'm rather unfamiliar with it, but we can learn together. Paste. For the NeoPi or Neo Personality Inventory, five factors or dimensions, and they are on a continuum between openness, experience, levels of conscientiousness, extroversion, introversion, agreeableness, neuroticism. The MMPI is the one that I, as psychological student, found most interesting. Minnesota Multiphasic Inventory. Now for this, I will not give a link. I have one, but it is a serious test. It is testing for your tendency towards mental illness. I have taken it <laughs> probably twice uh, by request, my own, uh, because I was very curious. I believe I leaned towards uh, borderline personality disorder, and both times it was, it wasn't negative, but it wasn't conclusive. So this was created in 1943, 504 true-false questions. How would you like to sit through that? Uh, in 1989, it was revised for the MMPI-2 with 567 questions. Now, this one is the most common and tends to be the most reliable. The questions diagnose personality disorders. It takes one to two hours to take. So please, if you pursue uh, a therapist that would be interested, happy to oblige you in taking the test, uh, please make sure that you have that time and you rely believe in that therapist. There are 10 scales. Hypochondriasis, hypochondriac. That was, you believe you have various illnesses, perhaps when you read up on them. Depression, hysteria, psychopathic deviance, social deviance, masculinity versus femininity. Uh, that can look into uh, physical gender dysphoria. Uh, paranoia, psychasthen this is tough, psychasthenia, which is obsessive compulsive. Schizophrenia, hypomania. So there's hypermania, you're hyperactive, you have energy, your attention is diverted very easily, quickly to multiple things. Hypomania would be the low energy, uh, would be... Uh, being lethargic would be me. <laughs> Social introversion is a scale for ascertaining uh, alcohol abuse risk factors as well. In 2008, uh, they did a reformation of the MMPI-2. Uh, now, the MMPI-2 is more established because the reformation has 338 questions. I think perhaps they may have taken out some certain factors not in terms of mental illness, but in terms of testing for the reliability. So the MMPI-2 is more widely used for occupational screening, for law enforcement, college, career, and marital counseling. Uh, it does have 15 questions for a lie scale for faking good. Now, there is a tendency some people have, such as myself, for social desirability. We will 
battle ourselves in answering questions between what we know deep down inside to be the truth and what we believe would be socially preferred. And that means faking good. But this, if you take the test, you'll see so many questions that are so similar. So either you have to be careful or completely honest. The reliability scale, similar results over the years. Uh, when, for example, someone went into the police force, they would first take it, everything would be okay. Two years later, there would be uh, factors shown for uh, alcohol possibility, anxiety, things like that. Uh, by the end of it, uh, there are five years later, high risk of alcohol-related difficulties. These are also used with firefighters, security and emergency personnel, anyone uh, with the potential to have weapons. And you can understand why. Though it does underrepresent minorities, uh, the... Hmm, the initial population that was tested was primarily white, uh, but with the revised editions, they did question more uh, populations. However, uh, Asian Americans and uh, the less educated uh, and the poorer populations are still underrepresented. And those can have, those factors can have a big effect on the results. Next is 16 personality factors. And I will list, give a link to something like that. The 16 personality factors are based upon Cottrell's personality factors. It's to diagnose psychiatric disorders and use for prognosis and therapy plans such as uh, we believe now that you've taken the test you may have a tendency towards this illness uh, so therefore we think we will put you on this course of therapy and use that as an evaluation tool after uh, the normal range measurement of anxiety adjustment emotional stability behavior problems can be used for career and occupational selection hmm. I also did not get a link for the Azinch personality questionnaire, which measures three dimensions, psychoticism, extroversion, neuroticism. So you see all of these are heavily psychological. This was created after years of research, which means it has great reliability and validity with practical uses. So when I went into this, I was going to look into all the fun, cute little tests that people can take for fun online and instead found very deep options. The next is projective tests. Now, projective tests depend a lot on the honesty of the one being questioned and on the rater or interpreter's uh, understanding of the information they receive from the person being questioned. Uh, it's based on Freudian psychoanalysis to expose unconscious perceptions using ambiguous or somehow unclear stimuli, such as a picture in most cases, uh, to reveal interpersonality aspects. It is not so much, ooh, you know, you have this disorder or uh, you have these proclivities necessarily. It's something is going on in your mind uh, 
that makes you associate these things that bring these things to mind rather than something else. There's the Rorschach and the thematic apperception measure. How are these for big words? They expose certain personality aspects impossible with objective tests, poor reliability and validity. They lack scientific evidence and rely too much on the subjective judgment of the interpreter, of the one who is giving the test. They are primarily for informational purposes. And once again, they were created with primarily Caucasian population. Uh, so it has been recognized in some studies that they need to create tests that are responsive to the cultural practices, beliefs, and uh, what building structure of other cultures. Would you like to take a Rorschach test? Here is a link. And copy. Yeah. Rorschach test is made up of ten, 10 ink blots. Asked what they look like, which part linked to response. So what part of the brain, what part of the personality, what part of the preferences is linked to the response of the person being questioned? Karma says, my test was interesting. I don't remember. I know I've taken one, but it was so long ago. So looking at what is behind me, rah, <laughs> as low as I can go. I see maybe an animal face. I cannot see more than that. That would take, it would take me too long to respond, which means that my mind other than animal face does not have any immediate uh, association to give. It's for examining personality characteristics, emotional functioning and unconscious motivations. Uh, it is standardized for depression, psychosis and anxiety. It is also used, as you know, a lot in popular media as a joke. Because, again, its reliability, its validity is questionable. It's been around for so long, and it is very closely associated with early psychoanalysis, Freudian specifically, and we all know how I feel about Freud. No. Uh, so, Karma, do you remember at what age you took the test? How long ago it may have been. Now for the TAM, thematic apperception measure. I remember I did take this one. I consider this one fairly revealing, depending upon the training of the therapist, of those who are giving the test. In this one, there are 30 cards, one of them is blank. Ambiguous basic drawings. You are asked to tell a story about each card, including the background information or story that led up to that picture and the feelings of the characters, so the people in the picture. What's going on? How did it end up that way? And how do they feel in the picture? Uh, it has the same aims, looking for personality characteristics, emotional functioning, unconscious motivation. I took it as a troubled teen, I think. 
I was just past preteen. I was truant from school uh, with mommy issues. And I was taking these tests. I was looking at these pictures and telling the story, knowing exactly what they were doing. I've always been, uh, I've always leaned towards psychology. So I was tempted. I was tempted to play with them. Uh, but I knew if I gave them their concerns, I could be putting myself into trouble. So I had to be honest. That could be pretty tough. Uh, with yes, no questions. I don't know about you guys, but I have a tendency to second guess myself. You know, okay, here's this answer, but is it really me? And they say, go with your gut instinct. Go with your first answer. With these projective tests, <laughs> it, you'll survive. You'll survive. You'll surprise yourself with uh, the answers you may give. Now, the four effects. I mentioned that earlier. We needed a double-blind test. I believe that was. There it is. MBTI, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Now, four effect is not a test. It is maybe a phenomenon. It is how people tend to endorse vague generalizations. Uh, in this case, I hate to say it, such as horoscopes. Now, I'm not talking about your natal chart. I'm not talking about when we get in-depth and looking at your different houses, your rising sign, your moon sign, things like that. Once you get into those details, then it is more particular. I'm talking about uh, the early days when horoscopes were put in the newspaper and it was generalized to everyone. They were very general. So it, it's confirmation bias. If you believe something, you're going to look for something that confirms that belief. So in 1948, Bert Bertram Forer gave his students personality inventory or tests. And then unbeknownst to them, they gave each of them the same personality profile to rate. Overall, most of these students rated their personality profile as near excellent. In another study, the students other students were given a personality inventory or a test. They were given two sets of results. One was the real results and the other was generalized. Over half said the generalized was actually right for them. I think there was a great Randini. Uh, he was a debunker of just about everything. And he went off about horoscopes. Uh, he did a similar thing in his introduction. He would give everyone a reading, uh, what's your sign? Uh, well, I see this. What's your sign? Well, I see this. And then he said, honestly. Now, I'm not saying that horoscopes are wrong or misleading or whatever. I'm saying if you just go by your sign, it's not enough. It's overgeneralized. Get into your natal chart. You want more specifics. You want something to hold on to. Natal chart will have more information. So how can you apply these tests? The example I saw most was work to determine the suitability or desirability of a candidate. But I use the word candidate. 
So in terms of work, could that also be for politics? I wonder if politicians at any time are given personality tests. Wouldn't it be intriguing to see those? See what it was for Trump? For JFK? For Reagan, meh. Probably a lot about jelly beans. I forget. Or, I don't know, movie stars, recording artists, any of the like. So they considered giving the tests if they believed the test scores would indicate or match actual work performance. Now, in some cases, maybe so, some cases, maybe not. Again, they say that the Myers-Briggs test is too generalized to actually give a real indication. They would use these tests to reduce turnover and uh, to reduce economic loss. If the test indicates someone is a hard worker, then sure, we'll get you. However, there's a possibility to create illegal discrimination. Remember that most of these tests were created based upon the re uh, responses of white middle-aged males. So they are overrepresented. So if your answers do not match those, then you are somehow an outlier. Uh, the MMPI, uh, Minnesota Multiphasic Inventory, may reveal mental illness. And if an employer can, an employer might consider that early medical information, which you're not allowed to talk about, you're not allowed to question that, look into that, and consider that as uh, a basis for hiring or not hiring. So the Equal Opportunity Bureau Department fought that. Said so that creates such a bias. There is also the possibility of false negatives, which is when honest people are shown as dishonest due to the stress of taking the test. Maybe also the possibility that someone will answer the test in a socially desirable way and not how they actually feel or operate. There's the issue of privacy. It may indicate some gender issues and an employer might consider that something of concern, which they shouldn't. I'm not going to get started on that. I'm going to be quiet and shut up. <laughs> now, according to more recent research, it is considered that personality is 40% genetic and 60% environmental. Uh, put another way, that is 40% nature, 60% nurture. The Myers-Briggs is binary uh, when we are, in fact, more along the lines of a continuum. The same can be said for gender. <clears throat> uh, trying to remember her name. She created a gender workbook that I have right over there in the other room. But she makes a great argument for gender being a continuum. For example, uh, on this show and other shows, <clears throat> the idea of transgender is discussed a lot. Uh, you're born one way, but you feel another way. Not just, oh, I just feel like this. No, there is something deep down in the core where you feel some other way. Or maybe not. Maybe you are what they call cis, which is you are the gender for which you were born, for which you have the anatomy, for which you have this, that, and the other. 
but maybe something in your appearance still appears opposite. Maybe something in the way you carry yourself or something in your voice. My father's latest wife, Ellen, she is very clearly she, but her voice, fairly manly. For me, I've always been a bit of a tomboy. Like, there are times I like to dress up, but for the most part, I wear pants. That's no big deal. Uh, but since my wife has been on hormone replacement, I have found I am exhibiting more male tendency behavior in the sense of, I would say, stereotypical. Uh, so, you know, the gut hanging out, the legs all wide, all leaning back and just just weird things. Um, what else? Yeah, to dress up, to wear dresses and whatnot required a special occasion. So it's a continuum. Someone can be cis male, cis female, but have other aspects. And gender does not necessarily dictate sexuality. Uh, that is a concern. People talk about the worry over bathrooms, presuming that, oh, if the other gender comes into the bathroom, that means that whoever is there is at risk. And what's interesting is that they're arguing less so concern regarding the females who are transitioning to male being in the male restroom, but more the men who have transitioned to female concerns about the privacy and safety of children in the restrooms. Because someone is trans, it does not mean that their sexuality differs or is deviant. Because someone is somewhere else on the continuum does not make them a predator. And if we create a third bathroom, is that separate but equal? All right, moving right along. So with the Myers-Briggs type indicator, 50% different results five weeks later. 50%. That is strictly chance right there. That's flipping a coin, unless you are in the movie Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Uh, neither reliable nor valid. Uh, these extremes that it lists are not mutually exclusive. Uh, extrovert, introvert, there are ambiverts who are both. It's one or the other, maybe depending upon the situation. Again, it's very situational and subjective. There's big five model with six traits of honesty versus humility. The accuracy depends upon your honesty. Best use is for introspection, reflection, and conversation. So, oh, personality tests are also used in uh, the dating apps, aren't they? I don't use the dating apps. I'm kind of taken, always in one. But, uh, yeah, they're used for that. And so does that mean if your types match that you're automatically compatible? What about opposites attract? Karma says she is both. She is ambivert. What other ways can it be used? Does your 
personality type dictate or indicate your spirituality? Hmm. What other ways is it used? What about learning style? How is learning style related to personality type? I remember, I forget how many years ago, uh, they were talking about the learning styles. If you learn by listening, uh, hands-on, writing, seeing. Is that still a valid measure in the schools? Do they still consider that? Or are the budgets so tight and time so limited that they don't? I had a science teacher. She was a little nuts. Uh, that was in middle school. Uh, actually, at the time, it was junior high. And yeah, Halloween, she'd be wearing the things with the little whatnot. And she had concerns regarding it. But she did agree that it is more helpful. But that it is not really a valid option in the schools at the time. Ooh, that means I was 13. That was 30, over 30 years ago. Let's say it was over 30 years ago. So when you go to take the cute little tests, what kind of tree, what kind of flower, what character, remember what was the effect? The forer effect. Consider it is for entertainment purposes only. That is also why many, perhaps, why many entertainment predictors will say readings and whatnot are for entertainment purposes only. Because sometimes the spirit leads and sometimes the spirit is vague. Because sometimes it's not necessarily what was said by the one giving the reading, but how the subject, the customer, the whatnot, interpreted it. So it is the relationship between the two. It is not wholly one, not wholly the other. Well, you said I should do this and blah, 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 blah. That's how you interpreted it, dear. So think about the horoscopes. Why do we look into horoscopes? I think it is very subjective. Um, a person might want to understand themselves or their loved one better. A perspective mate, they'll look into that and they'll try to perhaps change their behavior around them just a little to match those preferences. Is it to get a better understanding of what today is about? What's going to happen today? Is it to get a particular answer? I think if you're looking for a particular answer, I would gear more towards tarot than uh, astrology. When looking into astrology, do consider uh, not just the date of your birthday, but the hour as close as possible. Mine was 4 a.m. And I double checked with mom. I said, was it 4 a.m.? Was it 4.01? Was it within the 4 o'clock hour at some point? She said, exactly 4 a.m. Great, I'm somehow punctual. <laughs> but there are many things that go into personality. Uh, mine matches my father more. Uh, we are intellects. We are creative with words. Well, he plays jazz. I write poetry. 
We both have an appreciation for the written word. We both have an appreciation for music. You saw my interview with my mother. And if you have not, it is on here. Please feel free to see it. Uh, and I wonder how much I am like her. Analytical. Intellect in general. An obsession with Broadway. And how about you? Do you have siblings that are more like one parent or the other? And just because they are more like one particular parent, does that mean you must be like the other or similar to them in that respect? How much has your environment changed your personality? You can consider the twin subjects, the twin, not experiments, but studies. Uh, identical twins, fraternal twins, how many times the events in their life will be similar, but it's the details of what they went through that greatly shape their personalities. They have certain aspects, again, 40% from their family, but so much from environment. Karma says, my brother and I act very much alike. That'd be interesting. My brother, I'm the black sheep. He is the successful one. He works Library of Congress, DC, if I remember. Library, I was a librarian in college. <laughs> he was a hacker, he was stage crew. Maybe that's where I got my appreciation for the stage. Appreciation, not ability. I don't know. I don't think anybody in our family has the ability. Karma says, I met my sister when I was 18. We had the same stance and look exactly alike. Amazing. I met my half-sister. Half-sister is an interesting thing. I met my half-sister when I was in working on my bachelor's. So I was in my 20s. And she was, what, five? And then we lost touch because that's a very strange thing for someone to deal with, you know? Yes, my father's been married multiple times, but to have a half-sister, that's something I had to wrap my brain around. Half-sister means uh, one is same parent and the other one is someone else. Carmen says, all my siblings are half. Ah, so that is actually a norm for you, which can affect your perception of it and understanding of it. You can help others who haven't experienced it. But just a few years ago, my half-sister Emily and I got back in touch with each other. And it just blew my mind. She has great respect for my father, but there are such differences. Her mother was also an intellect. She was a, she's a spirited thing. And so is Emily. Uh, Emily is Hellenistic in her spirituality. She, I've mentioned this before. She follows a Greek gods, goddesses. I forget the preferences. She, her work is tarot card reading, uh, polyamorous. Um, she does the things in which I am very interested in, but I don't do. Oh, I have plenty of tarot decks. They're beautiful. I'd happily get more. There are two more I want to get. Um, I want to get the Bowie Starman tarot deck. Yes, there is one. Uh, the Edgar Allan Poe tarot deck. There's one also for that. And the first few times we finally talked as adults, we would not shut up. 
we're very supportive of each other. It's wonderful. Uh, Karma says, I'm the youngest. Sister is 21 years older. Wow, than me. My brother is 19 years older than my other brother was 10 years older than me. Ay, ay, ay. The family, the parents. That's enthusiastic. <laughs> and continuing on to an older age. That'd be something also. How does the age of parents affect personality development? And I imagine it affects one socially. So if you are the child of an older parent, <clears throat> I wonder about the social ramifications in school. If you are the child of a very, very young parent, how does that change the relationship dynamics? What was it? What was the age of the youngest mother? I want to say eight. Ah, we have time. Let me look it up. Uh, youngest mama. Ah, to give birth. Peruvian pronunciation born. Uh, come on, give me the answer, though. Youngest confirmed mother in history. She gave birth five years, seven months, and 21 days. What? Lina Medina. She was almost six years old. Carmen says, my mom was in her 40s and dad in the 50s. I am the youngest just me and my brother. So I am, and I, for, I almost forget. Uh, and my father is now 79, which means my dad was about 30. My dad was in his 30s when I was born, which I think is average. I'm now in my late, mid to late 40s. So having a child would be a bad idea, and I have no intention of having that, no. Ah, bye, Karma. Love you. <laughs> but you can talk about that as well. What about how a child changes the personality of the parent? We don't consider that much. Huh. So if a parent is in their 50s and their child is a baby, I'm almost in my 50s. I could handle a child. But it doesn't the child be very happy, content. If, let's not even go six years old. Let's go eight years old or maybe 12. If a 12-year-old has a child, how does that affect them both? You see TV shows about teens having kids or finding out that they're pregnant trying to decide what to do and they say there goes my youth there goes my education there go my opportunities how does the child feel later in life uh karina is that karina mulane two half brothers and one half sister so maybe it's not as rare as i thought huh 
And Karina, how do you feel about having half siblings? I only have the one. That's on my father's side. I don't believe I have one on mother's, no. So my older brother is successful when I'm the black sheep. In my family, my father, I think largely due to his latest wife, does not discuss my half-sister, Emily, except with me. So for Karina, it is normal. Yeah. And now I'm more comfortable with it. My father has advanced in years and health condition to the point where I don't think I have to worry about it anymore. And my mother is very particular when she has made up her mind about something. So I don't have to worry about anything on that end either. So that is largely personality. Uh, Karina, to what would you attribute your personality mostly? What has most defined you? Has it been your family? Your experiences? Has it been the hardships? Or the incredible successes? And then soon we shall end. That's like saying nature versus nurture. How can you say it's just one? Once again, if you are curious about personality tests, I have the links right there in chat. The hardships. That's when you really learn who you are and how you are, how you deal with it. And not only that, but they are the things that test the relationships, how strong the relationship is. But not only that, what defines it? I have two degrees that I never used. Woman, tell me about it. <laughs> All right, a little bit of my resume, very short. I have three degrees uh, because I don't like the real world. The job market in Indiana sucks. Uh, so I just kept going back to school and I'm in debt for the rest of my life. File bankruptcy. That's what I did. Uh, bachelor's in English literature and psychology. I should have gone ahead and taken a test to become certified in psychology. I did not. Ah. Uh, first master's educational psychology. I wanted to go into counseling to be a therapist, but mother said you won't make your money that way. And then all of the budgets for many of the schools all across the country went in the toilet. And uh, so educational psychology, how uh, cognition develops over a lifetime. And finally, correctional criminology, because I wanted a challenge. Karina says, think I have autism. The funny thing is, not funny, haha, but strange, is that my brother said, <clears throat> and with no ba no malice whatsoever. I mean, as kids, there was malice. But now that we're adults, no. My brother has two kids, I think, and they're both brilliant. Uh, I know one of them is on the spectrum. I want to say they both are. One is just perhaps, and I could be wrong, but I think one is more functional than the other. But what's fascinating is one of them has serial obsessions like I do. And my brother said, because of that and because of the unusual way you socialize, your strange views on socializing, he said, I think you're on the spectrum. 
Karina has a degree in accounting and one in environmental science. Wow, that seems so different ends of a spectrum. But would both be largely left-brained? I think they would. Accounting, I know I'm bad with numbers. I took statistics. Every time I took psych statistics, I failed it the first time. Environmental science, I could not. Uh, Karina says, my life is that I care for autistic child, 15 years old. Karma also has an, uh, a child who they said was autistic, but they've now given another test and say it might just be a different form of uh, kind of ADHD. See, that's something else. Maybe I could do a show on autism because I need to research it because there seem to be so many more nuances than we understand in the general public. The general public hears autism. They automatically have this vision, what we've been fed by popular media. I'm not saying a fake news, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm saying popular media, movies, TV shows. We have this thing. And only now has popular culture acknowledged these nuances and, in fact, embraced the, the exploration. Karina says, oh, yeah, I love math and science. That's great. So very left brain. I like to say I'm right brained, I think, mostly. Then we could go to this because now they said that left brain, right brain thing is invalid. It's not really, it's not scientific. Well, no kidding. I consider it just as a template, uh, <clears throat> a shorthand way to explain something more simply based upon popular information and knowledge. But autism, autism came back into uh popular consciousness uh, when they really started focusing on Asperger's syndrome. And when I first heard it, I did the same thing my wife does every time she hears it, Asperger's. It's not a B, it's a P. Uh, but when I finally learned about it during an internship at an after-school at-risk youth uh, center, I automatically said, okay, that's my, that's this ex-boyfriend, that ex-best friend. Uh, Karina says, yeah, let me do a show about it. Nice. Because again, they have this very generalized idea. But once they started looking into the nuances, I am re-watching. See, now if I'm on the autism spectrum, which is very possible, I would say it would be Asperger's. Doggone it. Okay, Karina, you got it. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to do it. Probably not this Thursday uh, because hopefully we'll have karma. So we're going to talk about ghost stories. I have a ghost hunting kit. It's not mine. It belonged to the late great Ashley Hood. And I'm not going to use it because I don't know how. I'm not going to disrespect those tools and her memory by misusing it. But see, bouncing around subjects, I think that's part of it. But uh, yeah, Asperger's, that's like autism light, you could say, and I could be completely wrong. But I've started watching the old show, Boston Legal. I highly suggest it. <laughs> 
I mean, all the people in there had the woman that was the bad guy in Niptuck, <clears throat> William Shatner. He has Alzheimer's in there. And James Spader, who, oh, I, mm, no. <laughs> if you watch the movies in the 80s, you know that he was not a good guy in those movies. But in Boston Legal, mm, this was before he was Ultron. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. He did pretty good. He did very well in that show. But he, I want to say he has Asperger's in there. He has a form of autism. And Karina, if you watch it, I think you'll definitely see that. And you can watch that and many other shows for free on IMDb TV. IMDb TV. Uh, just have to deal with the commercials. Ghost hunting. Yes. Um, if you watch Bradley Powers Esoteric Hours, there are paranormal investigators that were uh, paranormal researchers uh, that were interviewed the other night. They're fascinating. There is also Ghost House Paranormal uh, that is also mentioned on uh, Coffee Time with Lions Pride. High, high functioning autism is Asperger's. All right, good. All right, so I'm going in the right direction. I have the basics correct. The biggest things with both both uh, Minnesota multiphasic uh, inventory as well as the idea of Asperger's and autism is don't test alone. Don't, and if you do, don't take it as gospel. See someone, see a professional, you know, because yeah, my brother may be right, but I, I'll take the test with that grain of salt, knowing I don't know what I know, right? And then if the results indicate a certain thing, then I'll go talk to my healthcare professional. See if I can get reference, right, to a specialist. But ultimately, if you're if you are diagnosed with perhaps Asperger's at 15 or later in life, such as perhaps me, it's high functioning. You've been able to get through your life to this point with whatever degree of success. So you can continue. All right. You can continue without <clears throat> that particular diagnosis if you've been high functioning. What's important about this is your peace of mind. What's important about this, these tests, is your understanding of yourself. One of my earliest best friends after Prudence, her name was Prudence, that's unusual, was Jennifer. And she said, oh, according to Reader's Digest, there are two types of people in the world. Those who understand themselves and not other people. And those who understand other people and not themselves. Again, dichotomy, it's a continuum. Don't even get me started. I would say I'm the type that understands others and not myself. These tests are to help you understand yourself, not to define yourself by an external source, but to get an answer so you know what your next step may be. Right? All right. And Karina, I'm going to put autism on the list of show topics. I wonder if I could bring you and Karma in together to talk about your experiences. It's something to think about. If you want to get a hold of me about any of this, uh, I am Potess on Facebook. Don't understand other people's feelings. Yeah, see, that's the problem. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. So that would mean that. Hmm. All right. I could go on about this. It has been an hour. Um, I don't know. I have to do that research. And again, that's going by the dichotomy. That's going by the extremes. It is a continuum. And one can develop the ability to read other people's feelings, to have empathy any number of ways, including being adult child of an alcoholic. Because you never knew what was going to happen next. So you had to read the room. Mainly have social problems. Yeah, they relate so differently, right? I'm trying to pull on what I learned over 20 years ago. Um, intense interests in certain things, oftentimes related to math. Yeah, learned by watching people. So maybe it's not a felt empathy, but a studied empathy until it becomes uh, just knee-jerk reaction. It just becomes automatic. Huh. And that's another part of it. Uh, if, if you were raised by alcoholics, one or two, look into characteristics of adult children of alcoholics. That's huge. <laughs> I mean, I cannot believe how much I learned from Al-Anon, Alateen, and then I thought, oh, I know this stuff. No big deal. No, I was an adult. I was in my 30s working as an addiction recovery specialist in a medium security all-male prison. And uh, the therapist there, uh, Alicia Keys, she was awesome. Uh, she wasn't even my therapist, but she watched me, not in the micromanaging way, but she explained this stuff to me. She said, you have not just regular anxiety, you have social anxiety, and here is how I know that. And one day she said, were you raised by alcoholics? How did you know? And she explained. Addiction problems with autism, too. Yeah, see, uh, if you're an adult child and alcoholic, uh, if you're a child, regular child and alcoholic, you have that mindset. You will have a tendency. Oh, I'll go over time. Who cares? <laughs> they can cut this up later into YouTube if they want to. You have the mindset towards obsessions. You have the mindset towards addictions. Once I realized that, I chose my addictions. I allow myself to become obsessed with whatever to satisfy that neurochemical link, to satisfy that need. So whether it's because I was raised by alcoholics or because of my brain being wired differently, such as Asperger's autism, I don't know. At one point, my life was kind of bad, so I actually tried to become an alcoholic. You could say I'm trying now, but honestly, it's pointless. <laughs> I drink. I try to drink. Yeah, it's fun for a while, but meh, absolutely pointless. So it's better to find healthier addictions, even if it's a TV series that lasted nine seasons. <laughs> That's healthier than alcohol, you name it. Karina says, I'm lucky to have given everything up.
Sometimes you have to. What I need to give up. I need to give a couple of these. Yeah. Self-medicated. It could be alcohol. It could be other drugs. It could be cigarettes. Um, some people become desperate and they actually join cults. That could be related to involvement with cults as well. Uh, too much caffeine, but USA culture, we don't care about that. Too much sugar, USA culture, we don't care about that. We got sugar in just about everything. And I'm not going to be one of those things of, well, maybe we can blame it on the sugar. You're looking for a scapegoat, my friend. It's not the sugar. Sugar might contribute a little bit. But that's like seeing teens today. Uh, you can look you can look at someone and say, okay, they're in their 20s. And they might be 14. And they say that is due to growth hormones that are in fast food that are in processed food that we are looking older due to that and how does that relate to personality are we acting older and when i say we what am i talking about i'm old i'm old enough <laughs> but self-medicated yeah sometimes you got to look to something outside of yourself. What is that, right? Uh, the 12 steps, AA. Uh, one of them is to believe in a higher power. And it doesn't have to be God. It doesn't have to be the all. I think they list uh, maybe your, your higher self. I think they say something somewhere about a uh, doorknob, please. Not a doorknob, but something. Because if you only have yourself as you are, if you disappoint yourself, if you let yourself down, if you fall off the wagon, then that motivation, that whatever is gone. Something beyond yourself. And don't, 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 don't have it be your significant other. They can be wonderful. They can be fantastic. Mine's fantastic. But they're human. <laughs> they are so very, very, very human. Don't do it. Says I'm 48. Take vitamins every day. I need to. I have the vitamins. They're right over there. <laughs> Once upon a time, Diet Coke released Diet Coke Plus, and they said that there were vitamins and minerals and nutrients in it. It tasted fantastic. I didn't care. And then they had to discontinue it because it was found to be a false claim. I wrote to them more than once. I said, bring it back. Whatever that formula was, bring it back. I understand it doesn't have the vitamins and nutrients. It just tastes so good. Now, maybe I can find a dark chocolate with antioxidants that has vitamins and nutrients. All right. Now I'm babbling way off topic. Karina, it's great talking with you. Uh, if you would like to appear on the episode about autism and Asperger's, uh, just let me know. I don't know when it'll be. Uh, you and I can work that out with karma if you want to. If you don't want to, that's okay, too. I'm totally chill. Uh, but I am Potess on Facebook. I don't remember who I am on YouTube. <laughs> I think it's Iris Bob. But thank you. Thank you so much for staying with me. Ah, so this has been the Poe Show. Remember, be good to yourselves and each other. And when all else fails, have a little bit of chocolate. Make sure you take those vitamins and take a nap. And great chat. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. I got to fix my mouse.
<laughs> I'll be here a minute. Entertain yourselves. Talk about the Holy Roman Empire. It was neither holy nor Roman. Discuss. <laughs>